Welcome to Season 3 of How About We Do This Together, a podcast of the Northwest Christian Network. Season 3 is based around the 2023 Northwest Christian Convention, happening in Turner from July 27th to July 2nd. Follow the link in the show notes to register before the convention and to watch the videos after the convention is over. I hope you enjoy today's episode as we talk about how we can do this thing called the church together. ...are actually in seminary. Melissa Ortiz Berry. Hello, thank you so much. So, uh, Casey and Matt were so kind and offered for me to come and speak. And when we were talking, she was like, would you be willing to lead this group? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, So... Their heart and idea for the group, which I think is great, is that it would be conversation-based. So really what I'm going to do is kind of offer some things, and then we'll go into conversation, and we'll come back. We'll kind of go back and forth. So in the end, we actually may turn these chairs into circles. Or at the very least, you know, you're going to have to find people to be in conversation with. But I thought as we would get going, since it's a conversation-based time, so first of all, there is coffee, because you can't have coffee talk and no coffee. So if you would like a coffee, there's a back. Uh, so feel free to do that. What, no tea? I, I know. I ha- Actually, I brought my tea. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but there is coffee in the back. So I thought what we could do is go around and introduce ourselves, say where we're kind of from, our church, and how God has you serving or participating inside or outside the church. Because there's lots of places that we minister. Amen. told a whole lot about myself in a podcast. Uh, I actually was doing the podcast with Matt, and in the middle of the podcast, I thought, literally, in my mind, I'm being very transparent, but nobody will ever listen to this. Blah, blah, blah. Well, it's being passed around churches. <laughs> I'm like ran into random people who are like, oh, this is being passed around my church. And I was like, oh, glad it was so... <laughs> Slant it all out there. So if you'd really like to hear my entire entire ministry uh, journey, it is on podcast. And so it's right there. But I'll leave that to say is that uh, God has given me opportunities based on my own needs, to be honest. As a young woman in ministry, uh, I have a bunch of degrees, uh, which aren't the important part about me, other than to say that I just am nerdy, and I like studying, and I just don't stop. That's all that it means. And I felt called to ministry, and I had no one to mentor me. And so I already had a seminary degree, and so I had all these women coming up to me, literally whispering, I think God is calling me to speak and write, too. And so I started a nonprofit and created a two-year program. We were like a little Bible college for women. And I gave them biblical, theological, speaking, and writing training, and they graduated with their certificate in two years. We met once a month on a Saturday, and they'd go do their work all month and then come back. And, um, yeah, so we did that for a while. And then I went and got my Ph.D., and they were very supportive. And so um, now I have been teaching, and I just, God has burdened me to get some writing done, and I know this should not sound as a shocker to anybody in this room, but I cannot do it all, (laughs) and I tried, and it did not work, and so I recently just stepped back from my full-time position, 
I'll still be teaching at Bushnell, but just I said, look, one class a semester, that's it. If you have it for me. And they do. And uh, I'm going to focus on God's call to me right now is to write. And it's a real leap of faith because, you know, I just gave up half our income. <laughs> and I'm writing to serve Jesus. And um, so actually, just like I said, I needed mentoring and training. So I told the ladies, you come alongside me and we'll learn together. Uh, I need to get, I have some books I need to get written and published. And so I am offering up two free Zoom sessions on Tuesday and Friday. If God is calling you to write, then come write with me. And I'm going to lead those. They're free of charge. Um, there's a sign-up sheet. I put the sign-up sheet in the back. Uh, no more excuses, ladies or gents. If God has called you to do it, come join me and we'll do it together. You don't have to do it well. You just have to put the words on paper and we'll call it a win. Um, so you can do that with me. I am the other thing that I am taking a break to do is the podcast basically revolved a conversation around uh, the issue of women's preaching and leading in the church, which if you are a lady or if you are a pastor or frankly any human who attends any church have heard this issue come up, and it is a feisty one, right? Divides churches, splits families, whole thing. And so I had to come to my own journey of being cool with lady preachers, that they're, after looking in the Greek, there is nowhere that says a woman can't preach. And the only place that mentions anything women not teaching actually says wives and husbands. It's a, but you have to look in the Greek for that. So uh, I'm writing a book on it to basically say that the lady preacher issue has nothing to do with egalitarianism or complementarianism. You can run your house however you like. Uh, and taking a second look at the scripture from original languages. So I am, I taught a class on that last spring and at Northwood, and I'm going to offer a free online uh, group, which again is very selfish of me because it forces me to have a chapter a week done for you. So if you would like to come and join that group, there's also a sign-up sheet. There is no fee, and that will start in October. And then in Jesus' name, I'll have a book to a publisher in the spring. Uh, so you're welcome to do that. Um, my husband and I just led a trip study abroad to Israel, and I led the Bible and archaeology class. And I have some people saying, I want you to take me to Israel. And I said, fine. So if you want to join us in Israel next year, I'll be teaching a six- to eight-week online class before we go that goes with the trip. The trip cost is all-inclusive, airfare, three meals a day, fancy hotels. And I included a two-night stay at a resort at the, at the Dead Sea in the middle because who doesn't want to just stop in the middle of a busy six, uh, 10, 12 days and, like, you know, sun and float? And there's spa treatments. Okay, so all of that is back there. I also have a daily um, devotional ministry you can find on Instagram or Facebook, and there are bookmarkers you can take. And I will tell you this, but don't tell everybody just yet. If you go in the convention hall in the back, I have my little sign-up sheets, but there are little seashells that my children and I gathered at the Sea of Galilee, and you can take one. And there are also three pieces of 2,000-year-old pottery from Sepphoris, where Jesus would hang out. And on Saturday, if they're free, you can go snatch one. There are also some Jerusalem crosses, which will look like a plus sign to you with little crosses in the middle. They reflect the four Gospels and the land as the Gospel. And uh, I put those out to be taken also. So there you go. Woo! All that. Now let's see where we're at. We got a boogie. Okay. So I want to, because I am a church historian, so that's how I roll, um, I want to tell you about a woman named Jarena Lee. Has anyone ever heard of Jarena Lee? 
then I am so glad we are talking about her. So Jarena Lee was born February 11, 1783 in Cape May, New Jersey. She was born to a free black family. So this is a time when slavery is still hot and rolling in the United States. And her family are poor. They're free but poor. So when she's seven, they send her 60 miles away to go be a servant in a white family's home. There she, I'm not sure how she learns to read and write, but she does learn to read and write. She has to be a pretty smart cookie, to be honest, to not go to school and pick that up. She ends up writing a book, so like, she learns to read and write. Uh, and while she's there, up and through when she's a young woman, she finally realizes, she says her parents weren't religious at all, they didn't know the Bible, didn't instruct her in it, but she picks it up around around her, right? She ends up going to some church services, and she becomes very convicted that she's a sinner. Like, she lies to her mistress one day, and she's like, I really shouldn't lie. You know what I mean? And she picks all this up. So, uh, she even goes to church service, becomes very convicted by the sermon, and goes home and feels, she calls it Satan's voice, calling her to kill herself. Throw herself in the waters. No one will know. And she goes, I don't know why I didn't, other than the hand of God pulled me away and led me back home. And then she talks about this struggle and journey to faith. Well, she finally ends up at the African Methodist Episcopal Church, AME Church. Anyone ever heard of the AME Church? Good. Well, that is the very first African-American denomination. And it was started by Richard Allen. And she ends up there in Philadelphia. And while she's there, she becomes converted through hearing the word. Um, An interesting thing, though I can't get too sidetracked because we got time limits, but It was a sermon to inspect your heart, and she realized she had malice in her heart to someone. And at that moment, she said, I forgive God. I forgive each one of your creatures, and I forgive this one. And she has this profound conversion experience through her own act of forgiveness. So she begins, and she pops up, right? This is important to her story. She pops up, right, when she has this experience, and she just is filled with God's spirit and exhorts, shares the word. She basically shares a quick testimony of what has just happened to her through her salvation, right? This moment when she encounters God, she's so filled with God's spirit. And her pastor, Richard Allen, says, oh, thank you for this woman who has has shared an exhortation. Uh, We now call it sharing. Uh, or teaching, that's what women do, and he said, shared an exhortation and shared her testimony. She sits back down. Um, She then goes through another series of spiritual encounters, which she calls conviction, conversion, sanctification. All this is online. You can find her story for free there. Well, one day, she hears the voice of God calling her to preach. In fact, she's like, is that God? You know what I mean? Like, because of what she hears, and I'm quoting her, but to my utter surprise, there seemed to sound a voice which I thought I distinctly heard and most certainly understood, which said to me, go preach the gospel. I immediately replied aloud, no one will believe me. Again, I listened, and again, the same voice said, preach the gospel. I will put words in your mouth, and I will turn your enemies to become your friends. Well... She was afraid it was Satan, but even in her sleep, this came to her, and she preached in her sleep. Have you ever done stuff in your sleep that in real life, like, you don't have the courage? But she preached a mighty gospel in her sleep, and she was so animated in her sleep, it woke up the house because she was like a servant in the house. Um, And then she had a vision. She went in prayer, and she's like, God, what's with this? And she had a vision of a pulpit and a Bible on it. So she went to tell her pastor, Richard Allen, and every time, she's like walking, right, because it's early 1800s. And she's walking, and she would get scared and nervous. And then she'd turn around. 
and then she would go back, and then she would turn around. Anybody ever feel called us up and you're terrified to go tell somebody? And so, right, she finally makes it to Richard's house, but by that time, she's so filled with God's spirit, she has a peace. She uses the word tranquil, because I felt tranquil. And she tells him, so what does he say? He says to her, hey, there was this lady, and she wanted to preach too, but that's not what we do as Methodists. So um, under her pastor, she was given permission to exhort and lead prayer meetings. And she was like, woo, the buck has passed from me. I don't have to be the one lady preacher. I can exhort and do prayer meetings. But then she says, inside something died. And it felt like a smothering. But that was what was left to her. So that's all I'm going to tell you so far about her, her, her moment. I want you to turn in groups of four to five and... Think about this real quick. As I tell you her story, what feelings uh, are you feeling hearing her story? And what thoughts are coming to you? So let's take a moment of silence. I want you to think about Jarena. What comes to you? Now in groups, I want you to talk about in what ways are you able to relate or empathize with the experiences of Jarena Lee Share your feelings as you feel led. So let's take, I want to take five minutes. Let's turn into groups. And I just want you to share. Wow, I heard that lady's story and I resonate with that or I empathize with her for that or tough cookies, lady. I don't know. However you're feeling, but let's get all the ladies on the side. Make So here we'll come back. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Marjorina, and then you're going to go back to conversation. So stay right where you are. So anyway, she's a young lady, gets saved, feels called to preach, and is told to have a prayer meeting and exhort. That's all ladies can do. Uh, she marries a pastor, moves to the country with him, and she has, in six years, she experiences six deaths. Five children and her husband. She does have a two-year-old and a six-month-old when he dies. And she says God was faithful to the widow. She goes back to Philadelphia, and it's been eight years since she had the call to ask for what she calls the privilege to preach. So isn't that a reminder that it is a privilege to preach? And she had only been allowed, though, in that eight years to exhort actually a few times. So the issue comes back to her again. She says, quote, like a fire shut up in my bones. Has there ever been a fire shut up in your bones that God's called you to something? which is why I'm going to write this fall, right? My husband says, if not now, when, right? Is there a fire shut up in your bones, and is it time? Back in Philadelphia, she asked Ellen to be able to hold prayer meetings in her rented home and to exhort as she would like, and she felt at peace with this, and he said, cool beans. That's not really what he said, but he said something like that. She was a spiritual leader in her community. She's even called on to visit the sick in her book, which you can read online. She, it's very short. She, uh, Talks about, she has this encounter with this youth who is dying and had been a troublemaker. And at the end of it, she feels very filled with God's spirit and spiritually charged up, really. And around that time, now this is, this is kind of a sad, funny, you can laugh. I say sad, but I mean sad for the guy preaching, but sort of funny. At a church, a guest preacher came, and just as he started to preach on Jonah and salvation, she says, quote, he seemed to have lost the spirit. 
So he just flops. Right? He's preaching and then... And at that moment, she ends up filled with God's spirit, and she stands up and starts preaching. And, um, yeah, at the end of it, Alan basically stands up and said, I was wrong. God has called you to preach. It is clear. And makes her the first kind of authorized female preacher in the AME church. Uh, And so... What happens then is she goes out as an itinerant preacher, preaching God's word wherever they would have her, writing her story because she had to support her ministry, right, and uh, doing that. Now, one of the stories I want to share with you is that sometimes people came to hear her speak just for the spectacle. She's a black woman preacher, and it was a show. An old deist is someone who's like agnostic, just believes there's a God and gets things going, but not bothered with us anymore. He was a a very cruel man known to be a slave owner, even knocking his slave down with a fence post or whatever he could grab. He came for the show, and he said he didn't believe that black folk had souls. And so he sat up close to where she was speaking and stared her down. And she said she just tried to ignore him and kept doing what God called her. But at some point, she felt God, she calls it an arrow to his heart. And afterwards, he leaves the room, imagine room kind of like this, right? It's kind of old-fashioned. Goes out and calls people to himself. And he said that her preaching might seem a small thing, but now it appeared to him that black people had souls. And he goes back inside, shakes her hand, and says that he hoped God still had a purpose for him. And she didn't know, she said, if he was ever converted, but the word on the street was he was nicer to people after that, which I suppose is a win if you're stuck dealing with the man. That's, we'll take it. So, a couple questions for you. As we heard about her standing up and just preaching the word, that poor pastor, you might resonate with the poor pastor who lost the spirit, (laughs) but, you know, lost his words, but uh, what thoughts and feelings does it bring up for you as you hear her story of, you know, finally that mess, that call in her bones that she answered, but then, um, Jarena, she needed courage, didn't she? Jarena didn't fit in. She was a woman. There was no pulpit for her, so she ministered in any open pulpit by taking the road. She was black. Preach- how, how brave is it to be a free black woman traveling by yourself around in a time when someone could kidnap you and throw you down in Mississippi? Like, that was real. So she was brave. How does Jarena Lee's story resonate with you? Have you ever struggled to find your place in the church? Do you need courage? Let's go into our groups and talk about it. So let's go take another five All right, so I'm going to play Dr. Barry at Bushnell for two seconds and ask for the groups to, as a group, have somebody willing to share something about the conversation that came up in your group while we were talking, all of our conversations, a theme, a talk, anything. So is there anyone in your group, so you can kind of look around, is there anyone in your group willing to, and now I'm going to be really terrible and pull a Jarena on you, come up so we can all hear you at the microphone and just share. Yeah, this is what seemed to pop out in our group or in our conversation. All right, so find someone in your group, throw someone under the bus real quick, be the brave person and volunteer. Okay, we got one brave person. We're looking for one, two, three, four more. Do we have four more brave people willing to come up? Come on down. All right, Joel. All right, two more. This is the price is right. Three more. 
Oh, don't make me pick. All right, we got another. Two more. 89 cents. A dollar four. A dollar four. All right, come on down. We're looking for one more. Okay. We need one more. Oh, we got another. Great. Okay, take the mic. Tell us what you guys Okay. So in our group, we had a really wide uh, variety of experience. Um, Tracy grew up in a Nazarene tradition where um, women preaching was very common. My mother and I were uh, Catholic Lutheran where that was so not a thing. Women didn't even think about it because it was an unspoken non-starter. Nobody does that. Like, powerful women that I grew up with, I would have loved to see in the pulpit, but they weren't even interested because they knew it was a hard no. Um, so that was interesting. And then in the second conversation, what we talked about was how important it was to have that pastor affirm her and how that echoed when Peter is at the council and says, listen, I wouldn't eat with these Gentiles, but the spirit's with them. So we have to welcome them into the body of Christ. And that's what, what we mostly talked about was the importance of affirming the gifts that God has given our brothers and our sisters especially so that they will pursue those things because if no one's affirming you, you're kind of stuck. Amen. Thank you. All right, next group. Well, uh, so, so we definitely believe in, the, in the, the, the sharing of the gospels by anybody. Uh, obviously, there's, there's places and, and spots for everything. It's like offices that we have. Uh, moms make better moms than dads. Dads make better dads than moms. Um, and we believe the same thing is true when it comes to sharing in the main public thing. That's kind of where we're, not everybody, but that was kind of our final conversation. But at the same time, there's lots of places that, that we could have a voice. So uh, I'm going to speak for myself. I'm not going to speak for my group. My personal view of that particular passage is it is more than has to do with eldership than it has to do with public speaking. Um, I think one of the things that stuck out to me that we talked about that was different than probably other groups was we talked about um, the need for churches to be more inclusive for kids that are in special education um, and um, how alienating it can be for parents who have kids that get kicked out of Sunday school and then they don't feel like they have a place to be. And so that was our main topic of conversation. Uh, one of I'm Danny. Um, one of the things that I really appreciated about our group was the willingness of our members to acknowledge some of the tension. That time when we're we're maybe shy and we need courage, or that tension of like wrestling with the scriptures or the um, the education backgrounds that we may have been exposed to, and needing to sort of say this is good but then I've been taught this and some of that reconciliation that happens within us um one member um identified this this moment in this woman's story when she had a spiritual leader or authority person who was representing God that had a little different perspective from what she thought God was telling her and the sort of dissonance and sometimes that can cause harm for a person or confusion when the people of God are saying something different than what they think God is saying and like what a confusing journey to walk on by yourself and to have, yeah, to have that. So just a lot of really good conversation about that. A mm-hmm. um, couple things that came out in our group. One was that sometimes when you're being asked to do something, sometimes you can be fearful um, or unsure if it's too big of a task to take on, and so you're hesitant. 
Um, and so sometimes those people's com- other people's comments, like this case in the pastor, sometimes can help you feel like I can take a breath or something. Perhaps I should start smaller before I bite off more than I can chew. Um, sometimes we said that we need courage and that affirmation is obviously incredibly important um, as you're trying to figure out, you know, like when she's walking back and forth, do I, do I not? And yet people have already evidenced that there had been transformation and change in there, obviously, from her own testimony. But still, all of us can stand at places sometimes where we're unsure whether we really want to take that step or not. And the importance and significance of she was, God, is this what I should be doing, that she did what she felt she should do, even though there was challenges in doing that. And that's a hard thing. And then we just talked about how um, in our churches um, and in our times together, how sometimes their um, people um, are not affirming of something perhaps that's different than what they're used to, or if you've grown up with if you've grown up with an experience of one kind of thing, you think it's normal. Like Joe happened to be mentioning in our churches that in growing up, you know, uh, women weren't allowed on the stage, women weren't allowed on the steps, women could be only on the flat service in the church building, and when you've come with that. Sometimes there's some unpacking that of that sort of things if you've considered it normal, um, even if you resisted it or resented it. And so just the importance of dialoguing about that, perhaps, and seeing where are we and where should we go, where could we go, and how can we listen to one another in the process. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. So we have about another five minutes. Um, I think it would be great if we prayed together. And the best way for us to pray together is pray in your groups. Uh, and so we're going to pray. We're going to take about three minutes. Let's pray. And then Joe's going to come up and close us in prayer. I have sign-up sheets in the back. If you want to join me for the writing groups, you're welcome. If talking about this topic of lady preachers is of interest to you, You could agree with me, not agree with me, whatever you like. But if you want to come join the group, um, you can sign up. This is just a sign up for more information. You're not committing your life away to anything. I'll just send you more information when it's available, and you're welcome to do what you would like with that. Uh, That's there. If you want to join me in Israel, you can join me in Israel, so it's all there. Um, But I know that this probably brought up a lot, and frankly, we could be here for another hour. I just raced us through this. So I'm going to go sit in Pioneer Dining Room, and if anybody wants to come and sit and chat with me right now, I know there's other sessions, um, so I don't mean to take away from that, but if this is something you want to keep talking about right now, I'm going to head over there and we can talk. But in the meantime, let's, let's close in prayer together. Right? Let's go into our groups, take three minutes to pray, and then Joe's going to come up and close us. All right. So gather in your groups. I'll tell you what, I'll kick us off, and then you guys pick up. Lord Jesus, thank you for gathering us together. Thank you, Lord, for this time we've had together. And we just pray that you would guide each of us on the path that you have for us in all the many ways we share your word. We love you. 
This episode was produced by the Northwest Christian Network. Theme song is Simply Beautiful by Scott Riggin. The Northwest Christian Network is a network of Christians and churches gathering together to serve the kingdom and cast their net across the Northwest. Find out more about our ministries and events at www.nwchristiannetwork.com. I'm Matt Holmes. Thanks for listening.